Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19. Speaking, speaking about Elijah, I feel that um, the Lord has got some things in here that he wants me to speak into. So uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, NIV will come up on the screen behind me. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus 
And when you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel, Maloah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael. And Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that by your spirit, you wouldn't just speak to our intellect, but you would speak to our heart and our spirit in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, because we truly do not need, in that regard, more information. We need revelation. We need something that is going to change us from the inside out to impact our world and bring real change in Jesus' name. And a faithful church said, Amen. It's quite a, quite a powerful, powerful story. And I, I want to speak to you today under the title, um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Um, we have this, this powerful story and, and the... I think some of you might remember because I was, I was talking about the whole area of mental health and, and, and all that and really uh, spoke about um, the time that um, Elijah had had here and how uh, the journey had become too much for him and he, he ended up in a, in a bad place and, and the Lord very powerfully provided for him. And it's, it, it's, it's absolutely wonderful to know that we have a God who will meet our physical needs uh, you know, at that time, Elijah didn't need a sermon. He didn't need a worship service. He needed someone to bake him some bread, to give him some water and give him opportunity to, to rest. And sometimes that's the most powerful message you can give. You can give someone. Um, but that's not really where I want to focus um, too much today um, because... As I, as I reread this, um, I couldn't help noting that strengthened by that food that God provided for him, and it must have been pretty powerful because he went for 40 days and 40 nights on it. So I mean, like, you know, when, when God bakes bread, he does a really good job, you know. Um, so we... we, we we know that, that um, Elijah was strengthened by the food. He went 40 days and he went 40 nights on the strength of that food. 260 miles in the wrong direction. You say, well, how do you work that out? Well, because of the question God asked. What, what are you doing here, Elijah? You see, he went, he went to, to, to Horeb, which is uh, the mountain of God. And it, it just got me thinking that, you know, here, here he was. He was touched by God. He was strengthened by God. And then, and then he, he did what he thought was right. This seemed like the godly thing to do. I mean, obviously, right? To get to the mountain of God, the place where I know I've heard that God speaks. I, 
That seems the right thing to do. And yet, by God's response, um, we, we know that, I mean, I'm not saying the Lord was surprised. When God asks questions, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. But he wanted, he, he wanted Elijah to consider that. What are you doing here? And I was, I was thinking, because if you think about it, um, God took the opportunity to deal with Elijah's preconceived ideas. He had some preconceived ideas of where he was going to hear God. And he had some preconceived ideas of how he was going to hear God. We know that because God took him through his preconceived ideas. He, 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 there was this mighty wind. There was this earthquake. There was, there was the fire. These, these were all powerful manifestations of the presence of God. But God was not going to operate in the realm of Elijah's preconceived ideas. He spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. God had to retune Elijah's ear to his voice. When we were um, on the way back from, we were driving back from uh, the airport, having uh, landed uh, that morning uh, back from Cape Town, and Lynette was having trouble um, with uh, internet um, uh, data because, you know, sometimes when you've reconnected to another network, it can be a bit weird when you get back. And she said, I don't know. I know I've got data, but it, it doesn't seem to be connecting. And I said, well, turn your phone on and off. You need to reboot your phone. And when she rebooted the phone, it was, it reconnected um, with, uh, and allowed her to access the, the internet. Um, and I, I felt to encourage us that some of us need a bit of a reboot to reconnect to the voice of God. It's not that you, the phone had the capacity, but it needed to reset. It needed to reboot. So that the receiver could receive. I could have called this preach a lesson in listening, but it's not a very vibey title. But it is true. Elijah, the prophet of God, needed a lesson in listening, which proves that no matter how many of us have been, how long we have been on the road, no matter how tuned we think our ear is, Elijah thought he was doing the right thing. And, you know, God, God looked after his physical needs as we have, we have talked about. But I want, us, I want to remind us that the God is not just a God who looks after our physical needs. He's not just there to provide and protect. He is there to do those things, but he's not just there to do those things. We are, we are designed to, to be in relationship with him, to hear his 
voice, to rightly hear and discern his voice, understanding that God will not limit himself to your preconceived ideas. Now, ironically, as we, as we read, God did, in his grace, speak to Elijah. He did, but not in the way that Elijah expected, not in, not in the realm of his preconceived ideas. God, God will meet you where you are, but you've got to do it his way. God wants a relationship with us. And his, his, his ear needed to be tuned to the voice of God. Because his ear was tuned to other voices. His ear was tuned to other voices that were powerfully influencing his life and his decisions. It's almost like, um, this is where I'd like us to go old-fashioned and have an actual proper Bible because you can, there are some things that you can't do with the phone or your iPad or the screen because you can't refer to uh, the different, I can't point you to the different places so easily. But what I thought the Spirit of God highlight to me was that quite a lot of Elijah's thinking in this space was to do with death. It was to do with death. Um, he had heard the voice of Jezebel and he said there, verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Then he ended up under a broom tree praying that he might die. Then we read, oh, um, I've been very zealous for the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Put your, uh, the, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. He said that twice. There was quite a lot associated with death. If you're focused on death, you're not going to have an ear that is tuned to the life-giving Word of God. His focus had become wrong. When the volume of fear is turned up so high in your life, you won't hear God's voice properly. In Hebrews 2, verses 14 to 15, says this, that since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were being held in slavery by their fear of death. Now, we've actually just had a meal um, where we, we have celebrated what that scripture is just talking about. That Jesus has died for us so that we will not live under the shadow, under the fear of death. And 
And I, this is one of the things that I believe the Lord wants me to, to pray into uh, because of the impact this had on Elijah's life. The, the, the fear of death, the fear of dying, the fear of disaster left him in a place that was depressed and overwhelmed. And I, I believe that God wants us to remind us that our life is in His hands. Now I understand, listen, I understand it's a bit difficult to be upbeat and cheery when you're talking about death. But I want to I say that the fear of it is real. And God does not want us to live under that fear. The fear of it all going wrong. The fear of dying. The fear, that, because we will live from that place. Elijah, motivated by fear, ended up in the wrong place. Driven by fear to a place that looked like it might be where God wanted him to be but actually was not where God wanted him to be. Fear will take you, take you to the wrong place. Fear of death, fear of dying, the fear of, of disaster coming upon you. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I think, I, I can't remember who said it, but I remember it's a quote like, you know, um, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. You know, I can relate a little bit to that but it's 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 not to live we're not meant to live our lives fearing disaster fearing death fearing that it's all gonna go wrong the fear of losing it all the fear this might seem a little bit out of kilter but I felt this is what the spirit of God the fear of cancer I felt that the Spirit of God was saying that there are some people who are living under, it's not like every moment of every day, but every time something goes slightly wrong, maybe there's a lump, there's a bump, there's a pain, there's this whole thing about cancer comes into your mind. Maybe you've got family members who've, who've died of cancer or, or have been impacted by cancer and, and this has fueled a fear in you that I don't believe God wants you to live. I, the, the, what, what, what the writer to the Hebrews said was to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You can't, you can't live under the master of the fear of death and live rightly hearing the voice of God because we're not meant to be ruled by the fear of death. We are meant to be ruled by life. Life is someone. That is, that is Christ Jesus. We're not meant to be ruled. I really felt that there were some people who uh, had lived with this sense of dread that even in the good times, even when things are going well, there's something in you that says, ah, it's not going to last. Something always goes wrong. Even when you, you, you might pray for blessings and believe for blessings, but, but then when, when good times come, you, you, you hardly enjoy them because you're looking for the bad times because that's what you're used to. 
You know, some of us know better how to manage the bad times than we do the good times. We live, we live under a, we live under a fear. It's like it might be sunny now, but you know, some of you carry an umbrella anyway. And 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 I feel that God wants to God wants to awaken us to to something where, like He wanted to awaken uh, Elijah and say, "You're getting this wrong." You, you are being ruled by the, the, the voice of an evil woman who has driven you to a place where you should not be. And I need to reestablish my voice in your life. I need to reestablish who I am in your life. I need to deal with some of the ways you are thinking about me. Because I am not just the God of the, the earthquake. I'm not just God of the hurricane. I'm not just the God of fire. I am the God who will come with gentleness into your life and say exactly the things that you need to hear. And I believe that the Spirit of God wants me to pray into this today that, that uh, one, one, one of the other areas here which I haven't mentioned was in, in that thinking of death, the spirit of suicide came upon Elijah. He prayed that he might die. He wanted it all to end because if it all ends, then that is, that is less painful than living with all the pain I'm living with. I know I'm speaking to someone right now. Living has become so painful that you have said to yourself, maybe it would just be better to end it all, to make the pain go away. It's not so much you want to die. It's that you want the pain to go away. So I'm going to pray. And you can respond however you want to. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. If you want, however you want to respond. But I'm going to pray. What I would say is, in a moment like this, don't just sit watching everybody else. If this is for you, respond to God in your heart. Reach, lean in and believe that God is going to do something. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus... I take authority over everything to do with death. I, I take authority over everything that would dominate people's thinking in the area of death, in the area of dying, in the area of fear of cancer or some sickness in the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit. We are not called to live overwhelmed by death we are called to live being, being ruled by life. Father, you are spirit and you are life. And we deal with that fear. We deal with the fear of disaster where we feel it's all going to go wrong. That good things don't happen to me. That, that, that no matter how, we can believe for good things for other people, but we don't believe for good things for ourselves. We, 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 uh, short circuit our good times because we believe that they can't last. Lord, we take authority of everything that would, would try and tell us that we are not fit to be blessed. The devil is a liar. 
We are called to be sons and daughters of the King. And Father, by the power of your Spirit, we remind ourselves that you are God. You are the captain of our ship. You are the ruler of our lives. You are Lord and King of our life. And we remind ourselves that if you are with us and you are for us, it is well. It is well with my soul. Not everything in life is perfect. Not everything goes how I expected it to go. But when all is said and done, God is with me. God is for me. God has got me. He, he has gone before me. He has surrounded me with a ring of fire. We thank You that as we've said already, that even that which the enemy intended for evil, God will use for good in the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' Name. So those... Those voices, those voices, both external and internal. And, 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 and I want us to understand what happened was there was an external voice that became an internal voice. Jezebel's voice became Elijah's voice. When their voice becomes our voice, that's when we're in trouble. When their voice becomes our voice, that's when we're in trouble. The, when that voice, that external voice became an internal voice to Elijah, it dislocated him. It dislocated him. He ended up 260 miles in the wrong direction, believing he was doing the right thing. Dislocation is something or someone dislodged from their position. See, there's another voice. There's another voice that can get into us and dislocate us. And that's another kind of messenger. We had a very specific messenger in Jezebel, but there's another specific messenger called gossip. Proverbs, Proverbs 18 verse 8 says, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. That same scripture in the, in the, in the Passion Translation says, the words of a gossip merely reveal the wounds of his own soul. And his slander penetrates into the innermost being. And I believe, I believe that God has sent me, in addition to address the issue of death, to address the issue of gossip. Because gossip is dangerous. Whether it's someone speaking it or someone listening to it, you can be affected by it. It's, it's a kind of poison that penetrates to the deepest part of, of who I am. I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a fun version 
on a serious issue just to say how things can go wrong. Uh, T, if you could just come up here a minute because I need you to hold the mic for me in a minute. So when I first came back, one from Cape Town, as I said, we were here for, there for 10 years and then, well, uh, what's um, getting on for almost uh, six years ago now. We returned and uh, one of the things that we, I spoke about in the whole area of uh, transition was that the, 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 the style of transition would not be revolution, but evolution. And we didn't tell you about it much. We didn't talk about it much. But that was what I, I said about, you know, it was going to be, it's going to be evolution. It's going to evolve rather than it's going to be a revolution. And uh, several months after being here, a woman came up to me in tears and saying, oh, please tell me. Please tell me that, that you believe in creation. I mean, just like that, I'm like, what? I said, of course, of course I believe in it. Because everyone's saying that you believe in evolution. I, well, honestly, I couldn't locate what, what she was actually meaning. I said, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. And then that phrase came back to me. Oh, no. I'm not saying I believe in evil. Yes, I believe in creation. But you see what happened? It was a little bit of something that was shared. And it became, you know, Chinese whispers. It became something that it was, nev it was never meant to be. And, and I, feel, I feel that... that, that the Lord has sent me to address that spirit. I'm not accusing anybody because I believe that our fight ultimately is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, and it's a dangerous thing because when the external voice becomes an internal voice, people can get dislocated. Now, in uh, Ephesians 4 verse 29, the Bible says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Because I know that God will, sorry, the enemy will use your voice or the voice of somebody else to try and hinder your future. He will use the voice of others to try and hinder the future of this house. And in the name of Jesus, we're not just going to sit by. You know, sometimes because we want to be peace keepers rather than peacemakers, there's a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Peacekeepers keep quiet because we just want to keep, it's all right, let's just keep it calm. Let's just brush it under the carpet. Let's just, you know, like, it's all right. Let's pretend it doesn't happen. But Jesus didn't call us to be peacekeepers. He called us to be peacemakers. That means that sometimes some things need to be addressed. That means that sometimes I don't just sit and listen to what you're saying. Because even though I don't agree, just to keep the peace, I keep quiet. But, but if I keep quiet, 
I am agreeing. If I keep quiet, I am agreeing because I'm allowing that thing to be said. We say, well, on the inside, I'm not. No. No. We, we have to deal. We have to deal with the lie to enable truth to prevail. I felt, I felt the Lord give me this picture. That's why I didn't think it through because I forgot I needed both hands. But, but what I... What I felt that when, when, when we talk about gossip, it's something that gets passed around. Usually, you know, let me, I just want to share something for prayer. Some of us think that keeping a confidence is just telling one person at a time. Um, but for gossip to, to thrive, it has to be passed on. And it has to be passed on to, into a container that will contain it. But what I felt the Spirit of God say to me is, because the point, the point was, you'd think, wouldn't you, in coming to a moment like this, you'd talk to people who gossip. But I felt the Spirit of God say, no, don't speak to the people who gossip. Speak to the people who listen. They're not gossiping, but they're listening. And if they listen, they become containers of what has been shared. But if, if they refuse to receive what is being poured out, it will fall to the ground, it will dry up, and it will disappear. And that's the picture I want to give. Don't receive it. You don't have to listen. You don't have to receive it. It will fall to the ground. It will die. And it will have no, it will have no effect. Thanks, T. Let, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And if you think about it, you know, Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Right? If you come here, this is your church. This is your family. This is your home. Why would you want to speak against it? Oh, I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know why they always, and, and they're changing this and they're changing that. And, 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 and I don't know. I don't like it. It's not meeting my needs. And, 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 oh, my Lord. Listen, I've said it so many times. If you were to find the perfect church in this city or anywhere in the world, you would ruin it when you joined it. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Like there's no such thing as the perfect family. Every family has issues. Every family has stuff they need to work through. Every one of us. But why would you not want to speak life and hope and health into whom what we are? Let's not let those external voices become our internal voices. So we return, we return to, again, I, I, I would, 
I would love to say, you know, isn't it amazing that even God, God has provided for Elijah. He has, he has fed him. He supernaturally provided for him. He, okay, he's run 260 miles in the wrong direction. And now, uh, and now God's got him out on, and, and shown him the, 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 the wind and the, and, the, and the earthquake and the fire. And, and, uh, and now Elijah has heard the, the still small voice of God, which incidentally caused him to cover his face. I find that fascinating that he sat through the power of a hurricane that split mountains and the power of an earthquake and the power of a fire. But it was the still small voice that got him to cover his face. I find that, I find that fascinating. But even after all that, God had to come again and say, what are you doing here, bro? And even now, even after all these supernatural experiences, that tape was still, that shows how old I am. That tape was playing in Elijah's head. What he was going through, the same, he said the same thing again. Oh, I've been very zealous with the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected you. Come on, blah, 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 blah. God is trying to get to him. God is trying to speak to him. God is trying to get him to his, listen to his voice, but he's still listening to the voice inside his own head. This is not, this is God, people. The maker of the universe, the Spirit of God speaking to somebody and still, Still, Elijah is listening to that voice in his own head. And I love uh, both times, both times he spoke and went off in that. God never spoke to him about any of it. Never gave him an answer to any of it. It's like, okay. okay, you're still on that, are you? Elijah was focused on the wrong story. I don't know. Could they? Be someone here who is focused on the wrong story. Elijah said, I have been very zealous. Been, I've been, I've been zealous. Have you lost something along the way? Have you lost something along the way? Oh, it's not that you, yeah, you love God, but have you been more zealous than you are now? Have you allowed yourself to become overwhelmed and fearful? So God never gave him the answer to all the stuff that he was saying. But what he said was, go back the way you came. Go back the way you came. You see, what we see is when we read on that he said, look, I want you to go back the way you came and I want you to go and anoint Hazael, king of Aram, and anoint Jehu, uh, son of Nimshi, and I want you to anoint Elisha. What he was saying is, I want you to go back to anoint the future. I want you to go back to anoint the future. To release the future, you've got to get back to some stuff. Elijah, you've got off track. I don't know, is anybody else happy to understand that getting off track does not disqualify you from the purposes of God? Elijah got off track, but he was not disqualified 
from the purposes of God. But he did have to get back. The future will be released when you get back to some stuff. One of the first things that he had to get back to was being a prophet. Get back to the call. Get back to being who I've made you. Get back to doing what you're called to do. Go and anoint. Go and anoint the future. Get back to being a man of God. Get back to being a woman of God. Go and anoint the future. There's going to be nothing that's going to get you in a better place than doing what God has called you to do. That what Doing what God has wired you to do. Get back to the call. I think it's interesting that Elijah was most exhausted, most depressed, most discouraged, struggled hearing the voice of God just before he was about to release the future. I wonder if that means something to someone. You're exhausted, you're depressed, you're discouraged, you're struggling to hear the voice of God right now. But I've come to encourage you to say that you're just about to release the future. Oh, there may be a couple of things that need to be put right. You maybe need to have your ear retuned to what God is saying, but don't allow what you're feeling. Don't allow what you're sensing. Don't allow what you're seeing right now to to dislocate you. Hold steady, hold fast to God because He's about to speak to you and release the future through you. God said to Elijah, what are you doing here? He could say, how? Elijah, how have you allowed yourself to get into this state? How did you get here? You, how did you get here? You need to get back to properly hearing my voice. Get back to trusting. Get back to praying. Get back to fasting. Get back to the Bible. Get back to seeking my face. Get back to doing what I ask you to do, not just doing what you think is right. Get back to worship. Get back to being hungry for God's presence. Get back to believing for great things. Some of you, You've allowed your experience to shrink your world, shrink your faith and shrink your expectation. Some of you need to get back to believing God for great things. You've allowed the enemy to shrink your world and God wants to give you a breakthrough. Get back to the person you used to be, believing that God was going to give you a breakthrough, that God was going to provide, that God was going to meet your needs, that, that God was going to make a way where there was a no, where there was no way, that God was going to move the mountain out of the way. And some of us, we've allowed ourselves to retreat to a place of safety, a small place where we sing to God and we say we love God, but God is saying, get back to believe in me. Get back to believing that I can speak through you, that I can do great things through you. There is so much more. Get back. Because I want to release the future through you. God is ready to release the future through you, but you've got to get back. Stop running, firstly, and doing what seems to be the right thing to do. 
Secondly, position yourself to hear the still small voice of God. And three, get back. Get back to the place where you know you should be. Because when you do, the future will be released. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.